Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. And that familiar face and voice to all of us now is, yeah, none other than Amanda Radke, Mitchell, South Dakota. You've been out and about. You're trying to drive more miles in one week than I am. I mean, yeah. And here I am crashing your show. I just <laughs> I just put 2,000 miles on in the last four days. So if I'm a little tired, you might be able to keep up with me today, Trent. Actually, you don't look tired. Most <laughs> so, days you look tired. Drug, oh. You know, like you've been drugged around by a calf. Not today. You look good. Well, while we're comparing compliments, and when I spoke <laughs> at the uh, Missouri Cattle Women's event last night, Marsha Corbin said, can you everybody tell she hangs out with Trent Luce and everyone clapped? But then she goes, but she's a way better speaker than Trent Luce, isn't she? And I was like, we're just going to stick to the last. And, and you got a standing ovation. And I was like, can you put that on a t-shirt? Yeah, put that on, put that on a t-shirt, Marsha. You're fired. <laughs> you got me yeah. all choked up now. Oh, my Wow, God. I got Trent Luce flustered. Uh, so, no, I, I did have a busy four days. I spoke in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Friday night. I spoke at a pioneer meeting, talking to the uh, seed salesmen about how they can be better advocates for the farmers that they serve. And then we drove through the night. We, by me and my sister, drove through the night and arrived in New Mexico at about 6.30 a.m. on Saturday. We rallied and uh, spoke at 6 p.m. at the Reverse Rocking R Ranch owned by Chris Earl. And it was a great customer appreciation night. They gave away some Angus heifers to some kids and a little baby. Time out. Are you uh, still being paid by these people to promo them on my show? Is that what's happening here? I mean, there's kickbacks happening everywhere, Trent. (laughs) You're just like an elected official in China. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Well, you asked about the trip and it was a really no, I did not. I, I did came not ask about the trip. Super fired up about a lot of things. A lot of I'm feeling my heart oh, is my cup I, is overflowing. All I really want to know is what you learned about my sordid past with all of these old friends in Missouri. That's what I really want to know. College secrets will I don't I didn't go to college, so I have no right. college secrets. Apparently you showed up there once in a while. So Oh, I was at college quite a bit because Kelly was working there, but I didn't go to there, college. There well you went to college one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And I did not get a picture of you and Sally Dietrich, which uh, I don't know what Sally's last name is now. Angel. Is she still Angel? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Sally. But I didn't get that picture. Kelly got that picture. I didn't get that picture. What's up with that? Well, you know what? It's a small world because Sally's daughter, Sierra, lived with my grandparents, Arnold and Carol Wink, uh, when she had an internship in school. And she ended up marrying a South Dakota boy that she met that happened to walk on the grandpa's ranch. So I'll be darn. Yep. Isn't that cool? Uh, I remember Sally showing a spotted pig at the Missouri State Fair as a high schooler. Oh, wow. I must be old. You are old. Yes. If we're adding on compliments. Thank you. I have not yet heard one come from you yet today. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, it's good to see you. I, uh, you need you know, a nap. You're, you're We're going to take a time yourself. out. Amanda's going to take a nap and we'll come back and finish this conversation tomorrow. <laughs> Go ahead. I, 
Well, anyway, I got done speaking in New Mexico. We drove Sunday to Missouri and I spent a wonderful day at the Missouri State Fair uh, doing some author book readings and speaking at their uh, Missouri Cattle Women's Cowgirls and Cocktails event. And I'm just all fired up about positive things that are happening in the beef industry right now after this trip. All I heard all day this morning was, we are so going to do a cowgirls and cocktails. I mean, that was like, she watched, is that what it was called? Yeah. She watched your your pictorial depiction of it, and she's like, I'm so going to do that. I don't know where, how, when, but she's so going to do it. Well, who's going to do that? Kelly. Oh, she should, and she should invite me. It sounds better than a man parade, if I'm being honest. You want to be a part of this man parade. I'm just I'm not a man. I, I don't care. Nor, yes. nor were you invited to the cowgirls and cocktails event. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, I was. Marcia invited me. She said Only I could if come. you paid a ticket. Right. Okay. Yeah, you can pay a ticket and come to the man parade, but the man parade is taking shape and you're gonna wish you were there. Because now guess what my tagline is? What's that? For those that may not know, the Man Parade is happening Mandan, North Dakota, October the 10th. That's Columbus Day 2022. Kevin Jenkins is coming. Chief Philip Whiteman Jr. is coming. And Marty Beard, I've got a surprise guest that I haven't announced yet. And we are taking back the rainbow. Well, you had me at Kevin Jenkins. Now I have to come. No, you can't come now. But we're, you missed the most important part. It wasn't Kevin Jenkins. It was... Marty Beard? Taking back the rainbow. Oh, oh. Well, what did God give us a rainbow for? For men? No, he did not. All right. See, you got to make some Are you lost? Yes. It's not landing with your audience. (laughs) We're going to need to work on this. No, no, we don't. God gave us a rainbow as a promise to never flood the earth again after the ark. Yes. And that was something that God gave to us. We should appreciate that. And instead... The whole homosexual community stole it, hijacked the rainbow, and the rainbow is a very godly sign. This man parade is about men in God's eyes, and that's why we are taking back the rainbow. Well, then it should be the family parade. No, it's the man parade, because the man needs to be about family, being a father, and the man, you see, you're trying to couch it. You're trying to be all politically correct. This is about being straightforward. I want the moms and children invited. You can. I I didn't say they couldn't come, but it's a man parade. We're celebrating being a man and being a father, being respectful in the eyes of God. This is what we're doing. Taking back the rainbow. What's the date and where do I need to be? You can't come. You already said you're not. You already told me how many times. Nothing you can say is going to get me there. So, well, that's don't worry about it. I'm going to be very busy in Deadwood. I'm speaking at a cattle women's event there. And then mm-hmm. I'm speaking in Montana at a Farm Bureau event, and, same time. And Mandan is right on your way home. So you could have come, but you know, you've already said, not, don't even bring it up again. Can I just say I had an agenda for today's show and we aren't getting there at all. And I know. I'm this super is annoying. so much fun. Like, I'm locked loaded <laughs> with things I want to talk about. And Trent is on the loose. Cowgirls and cocktails. Ridiculous. Tell me more. <laughs> okay, so Missouri State Fair has got a lot of great things going, as you know, if you've been there. But this was... These these cattlewomen are just, I mean, every layer of advocacy that they could have 
done. They did at this event. They did cooking demos every hour on the hour with beef entrees and, and the, the building would fill up and people would come into the smell of good tasting beef and they would ask questions. And, and as Marsha Corbin's cooking, she's answering all these questions and she's got kids involved. And then to add a new, an extra layer to it, uh, the Missouri State Fair Foundation hosted a read to win challenge this summer with 250 kids participating, reading over 3000 books all wow. about agriculture. Wow. Yes, my books were included on that list as well as many others. And throughout the day, all of these Missouri authors were rotating into the beef building and selling their books and talking to kids. And it was really cool. So, you know, you know, both you and I are both very passionate about education mm. and we have maybe different views on how to approach it and fix it. But I think in agriculture, we can all agree that the general population and our young people don't understand where their food comes from. And right now is a great opportunity to encourage kids to pick up a book about farm life and, and learn something so that they can be in fellowship with us and, and they can understand who we are in agriculture and, and, you know, maybe be a part of it as well. So uh, I'm not distracting you at all, but I have one minute left. I want to tell you about something that the Oliver County Fair did Saturday in center North Dakota, which Rick Schmidt was right. I needed to be a part of that. And it was fantastic. So they had dairy cows and they had goats and any kid who wanted to participate in the kitty calf class could come from the crowd, come from town, come from any, any walk of life and lead either a dairy cow because they're very gentle or a goat because, well, they're goats. And that interaction to create the town kid, you can't say urban rural. I mean, it's, Oliver County, North Dakota. It's not very right. urban anywhere, but this was fantastic. It kind of modeled after the Bacon Buddies. I don't know if you know about the Bacon Buddies that uh, no. started at Iowa. Do you? No. That started at the Iowa State Fair, which was about taking a, a typically a, a disabled kid or handicapped and pairing them up with a kid who was showing a pig at the fair and allowing them to partner and show in a class. Whatever we can do at these fairs to bridge that gap and bring the non-traditional farm kids and the city kids and the town kids and the consumers together, that's a win-win. And that's kind of what you did at this event at the Missouri State Fair. And with that, we're going to have to take a break. I want to remind you quickly, nitric oxide is an essential element. Dr. Nathan Bryan has all of the science that you need on the website, www.no2u.com. Don't forget, Trent is your coupon code for about everything today. And it gets you 10% off plus free shipping at no2u.com. That's if you choose to order. I do it every single day. We'll be back with more Amanda Radke on Roll Route Thursday Style after this. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luce alongside Amanda Radke, the program Rural Route. Taking the rainbow back October the 10th. Mandan. North Dakota, be there, or be square. I saw pictures of your table with your books on it. Did you have to cross any scales to get there? Because I don't think you could legally cross a scale with what I saw in weight of books. I mean, when I'm on the road, I'm like a pack mule. I just pack as many books as I can. I had my little wagon. The wheels were falling off, and I was sweating across yeah. the Missouri State Fairgrounds because it's huge. And uh, But I made stay, it. You did stay in Warrensburg, didn't you? I did. But the uh, but you don't know the tie there. 
No. There's, there's a tie. What's that? Orangeburg has a college. It does. Yeah. Guess what their mascot is? What? The mules. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> well, I was a mule. I asked, like, is, do you have a trailer for all your stuff? No, I just shove it in my car and I go. But my Plant, Planted loved- a long ear subliminal message with you. You're going to be a packed mule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I was a lot lighter on the books on the way home. Thankfully, it was a big hit and we got to read the books to some kids. And I got to tell you about some of the authors I met because I think you'd be really impressed. Um, and some of these are going to be carried on my site, but... Um, Mary Boobensma. I met them at the Pioneer meeting to kick off the weekend, staying safe on the farm with Jackson about um, this farm family that lost their son in a farm accident. Now they're advocating for farm safety. Um, Really incredible story. Met a gal. Oh, did you want to comment on that? No, I just know that story. Oh, yes. Very, very tragic story. Mm -hmm. Very heartbreaking, um, but a good conversation to have with our kids. But Amanda, turning an unthinkable situation into a positive experience for other families. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the next book is from Anna, and I don't know how to say her last name, but Dradkovic, but it's it's a really cute baby's first book of cows and colors. And it has different cows. It says, all cows don't look like this. It's true, Holstein. And uh, some are red and some are yellow. Did you know Gelvy means yellow? Yellow cattle? I did not mm-hmm. know. No. Anyway, I met another gal named Stephanie White. She wrote The Winter Cowboy. And all of these books are like very accurate about agriculture. So, you know, I'm into it. And then I stopped at the Farm Bureau uh, booth, which, by the way, their whole booth was centered around inflation and rising food prices and what really? food cost in the 1930s compared to today and how much of the dollar the farmer got in 1930 versus today. It was very, very interesting. 1930, um, it was about 60 percent. I mean, I just was at the booth and I didn't retain that information. So I'm very glad you were locked and loaded with that. What is it today, Amanda? I don't know. Like 17. 17 cents. Aren't we lucky? No, we're not. No, we aren't. Um, I also picked, so at that booth, I picked up Farmer George Plants a Nation by Peggy Thomas. That's nice. Yes. And, And then one more, I met a, she's a teacher. Her husband is an FFA advisor and in California, Missouri. Amanda Rachel, and she, over the Christmas break of her school year last year, she wrote this book, My Word of the School Year, to encourage her kids to be positive and set goals and have a good attitude and overcome things as they go through their school year. So really interesting conversations with a lot of folks that are interested in pouring into our nation's youth and helping them develop character and their knowledge and their resiliency. And uh, it was just a really, really awesome event. Are you sure she's from California or is she from Tipton? No, they specifically told me California because my first reaction was, oh, California. (laughs) But then they clarified that was a town in Missouri. Guess what the neighboring town to California is? What? Tipton. So why would you assume they're from Tipton? Just, Just because I wanted to prove to you that I knew the geography. Well, you lived there a long time. I would hope so. No, I did not. I lived in Missouri seven years. Well, for reference, I can call you on the phone on my drive and I can say, I just passed this bench on this random cornfield and you know exactly which bench I'm talking about. So it's very uncanny. Yeah, it's because I don't stay home much. I'm seeking, I'm thinking about getting furniture at home so that I can just sit down here instead of seeking places with furniture. You just need to be like our friend, Rebecca Cunningham, who was, did it, had a great segment. 
Don't even tempt me. Okay. So back in the day with, uh, you know, the real first children's author that uh, I'm going to tell you that I hung with. Who's that? Becky Cheney. Oh, yeah. And the girls authored a book when they were like eight weeks old or something. Sheridan and Rihanna, who you just saw, by the way, recently in in Montana. And Becky talked a lot about how there was such a frustration that there was not any farm books available for kids that was actually accurate instead of giving the animal human characteristics and emotions, anthropomorphism, anthropomorphism. Uh, But it sounds, you're making it sound like that we've really come a long way and that there is a tremendous opportunity and option. I think so. I mean, at and the Missouri Read to Win program, if you go to their website, you can see they have a whole page dedicated to all these different books about agriculture that hmm. you can check out. I mean, some are like, you know, the classic Charlotte Webb, but of course, you know, the animals have the characteristics in that book and not, you know, the farmer and the rancher is the bad guy in that story. But on the flip side, some of these, thanks to self-publishing services, any farmer can go out and tell their story. And I have people ask me all the time, Amanda, how do I write a children's book? And I right. say, just go out and do it because there, there is no gateway to entry. You know, find a good artist, find a 4-H or FFA kid that likes to draw pictures and you're in business. You know, hire a, hire a college kid that's studying graphic design to lay it out for you. And self-publishing is free and you can go out and share your story. And I would challenge, you know, even if you're not going to write a book, I would challenge all producers listening to this to find a good, accurate book about agriculture and get into a classroom this school year. The school is back in session. Uh, COVID has kind of gone by the wayside and we're allowed in the classroom again. And so get in there and, and show people who you are and answer all their funny and tough questions. And you'll see the fruits of that effort. I, I promise you. Uh, you're really telling me I dropped the ball. Why? What are you looking for? I'm looking for my book because I wrote a children's book long before the Cheney twins wrote a children's book. It was called The ABCs of Farming. And I I wrote two books. In 2012, I wrote The Best of Trent. I thought I'm just going to educate people about agriculture and food production. And this children's book, The ABCs of Farming, and I educated more people with that than anything else. And did I follow through and continue to author children's books? No, I'll let you show me up. You dropped the ball, man. I did drop the ball. It's not too late. That's a true story. I need to get back at it. Except I'll just tell you, you're trying to copy me and everything I do. So that's okay. Mine's copyrighted. I could show you what day my first children's book was published. <laughs> you know, going back to uh, the sentiment that there weren't a lot of agriculturally accurate books. That's kind of what prompted me to get started was at the time, uh, Levi's Lost Calf came out in 2011. That was my first book illustrated by Michelle Weber and Barnyard. The movie was the big movie at the time. And the cow walks and talks on his back legs and he's a dude and he's got an udder. There's all kinds of things going on in that movie. Yes, I got quite the joke at the Pioneer meeting Uh, when I brought that up and it got people on such a rabbit hole elsewhere. I was like, guys. Back to egg literacy. Yeah, but but what you're not telling us and what you're alluding to is that they were subliminally planning that thought in kids even back then before we recognized it. I mean, I can't prove it, but it's there. Yeah. He's it's a, there. A, a dude with an udder. There you go. And and to 
you know, we complain about what's on Netflix or what's on Hulu or Disney and what's on the library shelves anymore. To which I say, well, fine. We see that there's an agenda. We see that people clearly want to plant seeds in our children that don't coincide with our values and faith and family and, uh, and, and agriculture. So let's create our own avenues of entertainment. And I got to hang out with our, our mutual friend, Betty, and we talked about all Betty of Betty Doak. You, you saw Betty Doak. I did. And we talked about all of the movies that have been created to try to educate the masses and create solid entertainment. Stand at Paxton County. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. Trent Lewis is the bad guy. He's the villain in the story. Not truly, but go ahead. I, I All I saw was bad guy. You went well, to sell your neighbor hay. It was did she? a terrible thing. Well, you know what? That's coming to fruition now. None of my neighbors will sell me hay, so I guess I <laughs> bit off more than I could chew. I guess. Uh, one final thing about Betty Doak, and then we're out of time in this segment. Um, did she give you a copy of The Dog Lover? She didn't, but she said that I she'd send me any movies I wanted, and I'm kind of thinking I might do a giveaway of some movies on my social media pages. So if folks stay tuned, they can. <sighs> Who did that first, by the way? Did Trent's you? on the uh, so ask Betty once okay. a week. I would send Betty a note on who to send the dog lover to. And by oh, the yeah. way, that was done by about your neighbor from Hurley, South Dakota. Oh, real life situation. Well, hey, let's end on a good note. The first person to email you, trentluth mm-hmm. at gmail.com, I'll send them a set of my books. I have seven books and I'll send it to them. So let me know who sends me, send you their email or their mailing address first, and I will ship them a set of books. AmandaRadke.com. Amanda on the loose. No, it's Trent on the loose. Amanda just, you know, squatting. All right. It's time to take a break. We will be back. Certified Piedmontese creating that opportunity for you as a cattleman in the Great Plains of America to be a part of the Certified Piedmontese supply chain. Get details about how you can be a part of that and using the Piedmontese bulls on your cows at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We're back with more Amanda Radke. We're all route after this. Welcome back. Trent Luce alongside Amanda Radke. Every week on Thursday, I put myself through this. Today, no, nobody to buffer it. It's just her and I. One of these days, you're just going to chase me off, and I just won't come back. On no, Thursday. actually, one of these days, I'm just going to get in the saddle, ride off, and let say, "Hey, Amanda, here it is. Take it." That is the, that is the the concern. <laughs> <laughs> and someone actually, Sally, our friend Sally Thomas. Let me correct myself. She uh, she did mention that she goes, I. You've been on like every week, right? On Trent's show. And I said, yes. And she goes, and there was that stretch there that you did like every day. And I was like, yeah, not, not by choice. He just said, you're doing it. And I did it. And she goes, well, I listened every day. Did so. you, did you tell her that for two weeks you said, no, I can't do that, Trent? No, I can't do that, Trent. Then you said, okay, well, I guess I don't have a choice, Trent. You have a funny way of getting people to do things. <sighs> Here's but my was- favorite children's book, by the way. Wilbur's Christmas Gift, Rodney Nelson, the late Rodney Nelson, wrote a fantastic children's book. Scott Nelson, Soul of North Dakota, illustrated it. If you've not read Wilbur's Christmas Gift, and by the way, Christmas is coming, might be a good present. It is. And now is a great time to shop small vendors, small businesses, local, never mm-hmm. before, or n- more than ever. It's important because people are just on the brink of closing their retail shops all across the country. 
And uh, I don't think Jeff Bezos at Amazon needs any more help getting to Mars. Let's help our family members in our communities. You know, come to think of it, it could be said that you are simply just trying to uh, be like somebody else who was from South Dakota, became a wildly famous children's book author. I think she lived at DeSmit, actually. You know, I would take that compliment because I think you're talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder. I am. Yes. who Not also the TV show, The Real Live Woman. Yes. No, I did grow up reading those books. And once you know, Laura Ingalls Wilder herself showed up to my book reading at the Missouri State Fair. Was she was Abe Lincoln? No, no. Abe Lincoln is lost and we'll never find him again. I don't know. <laughs> uh, not the real Abe Lincoln. He shows Abe. up. No, he show, He still shows up. He showed okay. up two weeks ago. Oh, my. Yeah, that's a rabbit hole for another day. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about Laura Ingalls Wilder? She was in Missouri at the State Fair. Yes. So I'm reading my book and all of a sudden there's this pioneer lady talking to my sister Kaylee. And I'm thinking like, well, that's an interesting outfit for the fair. you know. <laughs> and Only a chick would notice the outfit first. <laughs> Yes, well, it it stuck out as you can imagine, and she then she introduces herself, and uh, her name is Kathleen, and she plays the role of Laura from 1947, and she grew up reading her books, and uh, so she goes around and does all these reenactments, and her story was so cool. I was like, well, I need to interview you right now, so I put on my Trent Loose hat and I did a six minute interview with her. Awesome! It was really great because she was talking about just the importance of maintaining our history at a time where our government and and woke cancel culture and everything else are like banning books and banning history and rewriting history uh, and how we need to maintain Laura. And do you know, in 2020, the um, the library association in this country banned Laura Ingalls Wilder books? No, I did not know that. They did. They canceled her. They canceled Why? Uh, because of some of the culturally insensitive things at the time, like Laura mentioning that her and their family hid from the Native Americans when they were circling her prairie house. On the- oh, I'm sure she didn't call Native Americans in those books. No, she probably didn't. But the thing is, is you can't like it's it's a re- reflection of the sentiments at the time. And it doesn't mean you celebrate right. them. It means you learn from them. And that's what the culture was like. And I'm pretty sure if a stranger showed up at your house in any era and was circling your house and whooping and hollering, you might be scared too. I think that's fair to say. I'm anyway. guessing she called them savages, which was what, that was a depiction of the time. That, that, that You can't ban that. That's what happened. Yep. So yeah, Laura Ingalls Wilder was like taken off of a list. Also Gone with the Wind, which I had read when I was pregnant with Scarlett. And that's how Scarlett got her name. Uh, that was banned during that time too. And in the last two years, that's just been my thing. I If I hear a book is being taken off the shelves, I immediately go buy it. So Tyler just keeps making me more bookshelves because I'm going to have every single one from Animal Farm to 1984 to Huckleberry Finn. I have them all. And I'm going to keep those classics and maintain them so that we can use them in our homeschool. 1984, is that banned as well? Yeah, that's a burned book, definitely. Really? If if folks want to go to DuckDuckGo or Google or whatever your preferred search engine is, just, just search uh, the most popular banned books. And yeah, 1984 it, is definitely on there. It'd have to be Gone with the Wind would be the most popular banned book, right? No, it would be... Um, What's the one, the Harper's or um, 
Little Women? No, it's it's uh. Is uh, Little Women band? Um, maybe no, it's um uh, Kill a Mockingbird. That's band too. You can't learn about Boo Radley. Correct. Was he a relative of yours? <laughs> anyway, Laura Engels Wilder and I had a great conversation and we talked about just so since we've kind of stepped into the homeschool space, we've really kind of leaned into our um our state's history with Laura Engels Wilder. You know, my mom grew up by Lake Preston, which is close to DeSmit. So I grew up hearing about all of Laura's stories, reading the books during the blizzard of 97 when we were snowed in for 12 days with no electricity. I read The Long Winter and I was inspired by Laura's resiliency to get through tough things. But anyway, the kids and I have been um, totally just kind of immersed into Laura Ingalls Wilder living off the land. I was going to show you, Trent, I bought them a Pioneer Sampler. And it's, mm-hmm. it talks about like the crafts they made, the things that they cooked, how they weaved, how they did leatherworking. Um, Scarlett likes to make, you know, the cast iron meals that Laura would have made. So it's really fun. But I had a great conversation with this actress at the fair. And it was it was really fun to. Was to make she that from happen. Missouri? Uh, yes, she was part of she's doing it with the Historical Society in Missouri. And of course, with COVID, everything kind of got shut down. But she's just kind of started getting going again. And uh, she also does reenactments trying to tell the story of the first person that was killed in World War II, which was a Missouri kid. Um, story? Hmm. Or was it World War One? This is interesting. So not that I wasn't paying attention to you because I heard about the first boy killed in World War II, a Missouri okay. kid. Uh, I have the list of the top 10, according to somebody, top 10 banned books. I'm not buying this. Why? What do they say? On top of the list, they say the complete Moss M A U S. I don't. I don't even know what that is. No. It's a cartoon. Oh, the Nazi cats and Jewish mice. I guess okay. that would make sense. Number two on the list are, and I saw two lists, and this one's on both lists. All boys aren't blue. And oh. this is an LGBTQIA book. And it says, according to MSNBC, that uh, books with LGBTQIA books are being banned at an alarming rate. You know, I almost believe, and then the bluest eye is third, uh, fourth. You, you, hey, you Googled it, didn't you? Here's, here's the DuckDuckGo results for most banned, censored, and challenged books. To Kill a Mockingbird, Harry Potter, 1984. Animal Farm, Fahrenheit 451, The Diary of a Young Girl about Anne Frank, The Catcher in the Rye, another Harry Potter book, The Giver, and Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. I saw another list with Of Mice and Men was on there, too. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I just did what was the default on the front of my phone, which was a mistake. But I almost think that it's a marketing tool to ban a book because you want to go buy it. You want to read it. If it's banned, you want to read it. Perhaps. I think it it's a symptom of a greater thing that we could talk about, which is, you know, there's a very big focus right now on our public school system and mm-hmm. what is being taught to our kids and what's allowed to be in front of them. The books that maybe I would want banned from the library. 
are probably vastly different than the books that another parent might want Absolutely. not want in the library. And, you know, right now in South Dakota, Christy Nome is making some proposed changes to our education system, to which I say it's a dangerous tenant to allow you know, one administration to swing too far one way because the next administration can swing the entirely, an entirely different way. And so your child's education is then being hijacked by a political games. And depending on who is the winner in an election, that's going to be the emphasis on what's taught in the schools during that time. I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I'll bring it up now because number one, you mentioned Betty Doak and it's a good time to mention what, uh, Protect the Harvest had in their newsletter this week, and that is how aggressive and successful animal rights groups are at getting in schools and indoctrinating kids. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I don't want it to be easy for anybody, including Amanda Radke, to get into the schools and read your books, because if it's easy, there are people that are going to make a living doing this, and I'm not sure we'll be happy with the outcome. My husband, Tyler, and I have this conversation, actually. He says, why do all these schools let you come in? And it's a good it's a good question because, you know, I, I clearly have a bias. I'm a conservative mother raising kids in rural America that writes books about agriculture. That's a bias, you know, so I'm not saying I necessarily should be allowed in the school. However, I would counter that there's a much larger liberal agenda that's being propped up and put into our school system, that if the conservative families don't try to get into the schools, they're not going to be hearing that value system. And let's face it, Marxism has been weaved into our education system for the last 80 years. Absolutely. And uh, the family values and the things that we hold dear needs to be an emphasis. And if it's not us placing that emphasis in front of our kids, who is going to do it? I might also add that you are getting in schools like Springview, Nebraska, Mitchell, South Dakota, uh, McCook, Nebraska, PETA, HSUS, get in schools like Chicago, Minneapolis, and St. Louis. There's a big difference. There is. I I have done big schools right outside of Los Angeles before. I have Excellent. done, but you know, it's hard. It's That's way harder. You know, that's funny you mention that because one of my most fond memories is actually Ag Day LA. And I had 300, I think they were third graders, that came to the county fairgrounds. And I had the opportunity to visit with the kids. But more importantly, then I had that while the kids were off doing farm-related events, I was visiting with the teachers. And that, as you well know, is where the real education happens. You can talk to a third grader all day. You make somewhat of an impression, but if you don't make an impression on the teacher, because they have that audience every single day, we got to take a break. Amanda Radke. And I mentioned Betty Doak, protect the harvest, continuing to empower you to get details about how to do a better job, protecting your property rights. Go to the website, protecttheharvest.com. You'll be able to read that email newsletter that I was talking about and sign up for a free email newsletter or maybe make a contribution. Protecttheharvest.com. More Roll Rod after this. Welcome back. Roll Route, Trent Lewis, alongside the wild child. I called you that yesterday on the air, by the way. No, it was Tuesday. And last week, too. Did I? Last week, too? Yeah, so is that my new tagline, even yeah. though I'm an old it's, lady with four kids? That's the third time it's, it's uh, now it's a trend. 
All third, right. third time can constitute. Well, you you are like a second dad to me. I check up on you on the road and let you know how I'm doing. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Suddenly I'm being attacked by flies. I don't know what's going on with that. Tis the season, man. So is there a limit to the number of books that you could produce and get to the public? I'm not talking about from a production standpoint. I'm talking about from a marketing standpoint. Children's books. Like myself? Yeah, you yourself. Because you really specialize in this. I mean, you've done such a fantastic job with this atmosphere. I just wonder, where's the limit where people are going to say, those stories are the same, just got new pictures? Uh, Michelle and I will come out with a third book this year alone. Uh, So we have one that's coming out at Christmas. Michelle Weber and I make a great team. She's a fantastic illustrator that can bring nearly any story that we create to life. And Mm -hmm. what we do, we have a publishing company called Egg Storytellers, and we work with third-party clients. And so we've had peanut farmers from Georgia reach out to us. We've worked with our South Dakota Beef Council. We recently did a book with Zoetis. And all of these commodity groups and companies and clients have their own story that they want to tell. And so uh, as much as I love writing my own stories independently, it's actually quite an honor and a challenge to hear what these commodity groups are facing and what myths that they want to bust and then to try to tackle it in a way that's fun and educational and accurate and something that kids actually want to pull off the shelf. Uh, so I would say, I, I mean, I, I think Michelle's on board, but I think we're going to be writing books until we're like little old ladies. There, the sky, there is absolutely no limit to what kids can learn about agriculture because it is so, so much to learn in this industry. Well, and as much as I might have poo-pooed in the past, your partnership with sketchy organizations, uh, it, it's wise to have them as a vested partner. And by the way, I saw this unfold, one you didn't even mention, that they talked to you about doing one for them. It's like a partnership, and then they're vested in getting that information to as many people as they can. Yeah. Well, a great example of that is the book that we did together um, in 2019 that came out titled Can Do Cow Kids, and it talks all about careers in agriculture. Mm-hmm. And it started with being sponsored by the Georgia Beef Board. And right. pretty soon as it was being published, we got picked up um, by the Georgia Beef Commission, the Beef Checkoff, the Farm Bureau of Georgia, and Georgia Grown, their Department of Ag down there. And so it was all these groups that were saying, we believe in this project and we want to help get it out in front of the kids. So we had a great launch at the governor's at the Capitol with the governor in that year. And we had, there was urban kids that all came and the governor read the story and it was all these commodity groups helping to prop it up. Um, so I will say Michelle and I, we, I mean, we are very firm on some of the things we will and won't write about. It always has to be accurate. We're never going to make the cow, the main character. Um, there are certain topics that are controversial that if, if, they're on the wrong side that we think we're not going to go down that path. Um, so uh, we're very careful to make it reflect the actual men and women who are working the land and taking care of the livestock, because those are the stories we want to tell, not just the commodity groups or the corporations that are you know, working with us. Well, actually, there's nothing more controversial today in society than the cow. And you write about the cow every time. But I love the cow and she's amazing and she does the, incredible The cow things. is essential. The cow is needed for planet and human health. So it only makes sense that you write about the cow every time, but it's controversial. Well, here's an example of what I wouldn't write about. I wouldn't write about how 
Um, I wouldn't write about the topic of sustainability unless, which is a buzzword in agriculture right now. It's something that every group wants to talk about. I would not put that in a children's book unless it celebrated the amazing achievements that the American cattlemen and women have done for generations and that we will continue to do because we continue to produce more beef using fewer resources on fewer acres, using fewer water, all while producing the most nutrient-dense food on the planet, as well as 100 life-enriching byproducts. And so unless it's celebrating that fact, I'm not going to do it. That is true sustainability. You don't shy away from it. You embrace it and you take it back. It's kind of like taking back the rainbow. Well, then I'm taking back sustainability because it well, has I been hijacked, weaponized, and has Time been... Out. Time out. I think we should. Why, why aren't we doing this together? You just well, took I my gotta, idea. Now you're going to run well, with it like a I don't truth. know if you know this, but I got a wagon train of people that are on this anti-woke sustainability narrative. And I'll just pick you up on the wagon train. We'll go blaze the trails. Yeah, I don't work well with others. I'll just do it on my own. Okay, fine. <laughs> my wagon will be full because I am a nice person that can work alongside other people. <laughs> oh, I thought I had Amanda Redke on today. Who are you? I think, no, here's the problem. Trent Lewis thinks he's driving the wagon train. And exactly. I I'm driving the wagon train and now he has issues. Mm -hmm. Just go. for the record there. Now we got to the bottom of the. Issue. To be fair, to be fair, you have been very vocal on 30 by 30 and talking about the attacks of our property rights. And uh, I, I would say you've inspired a lot of people to speak out as well, because it's at every ag meeting. It's in every university. It's on every newspaper. And all we're told every single day is how bad the farmer and the rancher is and how if we don't comply, we won't have our social license to mm -hmm. continue to operate. And frankly, I say to folks, uh, don't negotiate with people who hate you and who want to strip you off the land and who want to take meat, dairy, and eggs off the dinner table. Don't negotiate with them. Instead, hold the line, celebrate you with what you do well, and ignore the carrots that they're dangling in front of your face in the form of incentives because we already are sustainable by definition, period. Yeah. Well, Is I can't say on the air what I would like to tell people about social license. I don't need a social license to take care of God's creation, my property, and convert it into the essentials of life that improves mankind and the world. I don't need a social license to do that. Yeah. Well, okay. To counter that, we need a social license in the one that we've had for generations, which is folks want our product. Mm -hmm. We have a product that we raise that they enjoy and that they feel is a fair price. We make this interaction in a retail, you know, a dollar exchange for our goods and services, and we continue to be in business. Now, one could argue if the consumer decides we're not relevant, they can replace us with a different business, which is what I see some of these corporations and Silicon Valley investors and these fake meat companies. I see that's what they want to do. However, the challenge is, we don't need to walk lockstep with people who say we need to score our ESGs in order to operate. We need to walk alongside our consumers so that they understand what we're trying to achieve and how we're trying to serve them. We are the solution. They're just getting told a bunch of bovine fecal matter. Thank you, Andrew Henderson. Yeah. And, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? He stole what? that from me. Oh. I stole it from Hank Vogler. And now you're trying to give Andrew credit for it. I also used your catchphrase, God bless the veterans and the farmers who feed us in a speech. You know what? <laughs> I have changed Trent on the Loose to close this week. Just this week. 
partly because of you. You were trying to steal it. And my mother called me. I talked to my mother Sunday. The Payson Old Settlers Parade was Saturday in Payson, Illinois, where I went to high school, where I grew up. And Melvin Luce, a distant relative who has uh, had a parade of a, a pickup celebrating all the veterans, celebrating the sacrifice that so many men and women have made. And he wrote on his little thing when he went by the announcer stand, Willie Cyberlink said, and God bless the veterans and the farmers who feed us. So I decided, you know what? I better get this back into one of my programs on a daily basis. I mean, I've told you it's a good one. And you even stole it and put it on shirts and tumblers. I did. MandaRadke.com. Use code Trent 10 to save 10%. <laughs> I will say when I ended my speech at the reverse Rockin' R Ranch in New Mexico with that line, the crowd uh, went wild. So I suppose I owe you a commission or something or just thanks for inspiring me. Will that do? That'll do. That's all, all right. I wanted. It's all, right. all I ever want from you is appreciation. All right. All right. So in closing, we have two minutes. What's the moral of the stories of the story on the uh, children's book, pun intended, moral of the story with the children's books? I think if we want to change future generations, it can. It doesn't have to take 20 years to do it. It can start tomorrow. It can start today. It can start with a simple story that inspires kids to think about where their food comes from. And it's the gateway to entry is simply going to the library and checking out a good book or finding an author and buying those books and getting them in front of your kids, your grandkids, the libraries and the schools. It's a it's a simple way that we can be advocates that doesn't require you to do a lot of public speaking like Trent Luce. You can simply read a story, donate the book, and that book will be enjoyed for generations to come. It actually actually just takes one person to do it and start a movement. And that's what you're doing. It does. Well, can I can I also add, I want to thank the Missouri State Fair, the Missouri State Fair Foundation, and the Missouri Cattle Women's, and also Bayer. Yeah. Um, they, they donated money to the CASA, which is the Court-Appointed Special Advocates for Kids in Foster Care. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I'm a foster mom, so that's very near and dear to my heart. But they donated a bunch of farm books, book bags, school supplies, and everything these kids would need so that the most vulnerable in the communities in Missouri will also get to learn about where their food comes from. I can't think of anything better than that. Want to close on a funny note? All right. What you got? So you sent me a picture with Christy Miller from Missouri State Fair. Yes. Do you know what you and Christy Miller have in common? Oh, no. What's that? You remember that day you sent me uh, a a text that said, hey, somebody just notified uh, us that uh, your old electric co-op in South Dakota has a check for you? Yeah. Christy Miller worked for the Boone County Electric Co-op. And years after we had moved from Missouri, she sent me a note and said, Trent, I just found out you have a sizable dividend check sitting down here that hasn't been sent to you. You should inquire about it. So as the moral of the story, you're going to send me a check I don't know about? Chrissy's check, that dividend check, if I remember correctly, was about $1,700. The one you got for me was like 82. You want half of it? (laughs) You're welcome. That's why we're here. We have a mutual appreciation and admiration for each other. (laughs) We have success. You know the moral of the story? What's that? Find a good book. I'm visiting with the viewer right now, not you. 
Oh. Find a good book by a good author. Sit down with a child or some children and read it. Might be the most enjoyable time you've spent in quite some time. A to Z. No GPS technology. That's the wrong thing to say. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America for a man right camp threat loose. Both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route. Just quick reminder, certified Piedmontese could pave the way to your future. Be a part of the beef business. Get paid properly. The proper amount of the consumer's food dollar. The percentage, that is. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Use the Piedmontese sires on your cows. Certified Piedmontese. Check them out on all social media outlets. You'll get hungry.